and welcome to another episode of Bank Statements, FHL Bank Topeka's podcast series. I am Jesse Homerding, and today we are speaking to Kylie Morgan, our Community Investment Officer, and Mark Ward, our Community Programs Manager from our Housing and Community Development team, to learn about FHL Bank's new voluntary grant program, the Native American Housing Initiatives Grants Program. I want you to say that five times fast. No, it's huge. So I'm going to start off. Um, Mark, this is your first time to the podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Jesse. Uh, I'm in my 21st year here at uh, the Federal Home Loan Bank, and the entire time has been spent in the Housing Community Development Department. Yes. Assisting with the bank's uh, discounted advance programs, uh, community housing program, community development program. And really kind of a jack of all trades, helping in all the other operations of the department. Definitely. So 21 years. So just early 2000s is when you started here? 2002. There you go. The first day uh, in the, what's now the old building, uh, in security benefit was uh, my first day. Okay. So you got to move all the stuff on his first day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're finally made it onto our podcast. And Kylie, you are not new to the podcast, but do you want to just introduce yourself one more time for those who maybe haven't heard you before? Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Kylie Mergen. I've been with the bank for 16 years. Most of that time was spent in the credit and collateral department. And last year, I um, accepted a challenge for myself to move over and really kind of pursue a, a different passion, um, which is really helping people and helping with house, the housing crisis that we have. And I am now the community investment officer overseeing HCD. Awesome. We are so glad to have you back on here with us. And uh, I've said it before, but you're still one of our most listened to episodes. So maybe oh, you E-notes. can... Everybody loves that one. Everybody loves an E-notes podcast. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about this voluntary grant program. I'm going to say it one more time. The Native American Housing Initiatives Grants Program. This is a new program for us this year. But I want you guys to maybe tell me first about what makes this program different for housing and community development. Um, what are voluntary funds is what it really comes down to. Yeah. So um, by regulation, we're required to take 10% of our income and funnel that back into the communities that we serve. In addition to the 10% regulatory requirement, we can also contribute what's called voluntary funds. So we are voluntarily contributing above that amount. And so that's where the word voluntary comes from. And so for this program, we ha- it's, a, it's different from our other programs because it doesn't fall under that regulatory requirement. And it is additional funds that we're providing to address the needs in our communities. Okay. And then do you know, Mark, how many voluntary programs we've offered through FHL banks, like even since you've started? Oh, about a, about a half dozen. Uh, we had our joint opportunities for building success, some economic development grants. We provided uh, members with $25,000 for a job-creating or sustaining activity That's in right. the community they serve. Uh, we did that, uh, what, eight or nine years. I uh, had about a million dollars a year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we had, a uh, for about 15 years, we supported homeownership education in our four states through uh, uh, grants 
to ensure that there were in-person classes. Oh, awesome! Uh, for uh, uh, in individuals, uh, and when we rolled out the rural first-time homebuyer program, which is now the home ownership set-aside program, uh, in 1997, the you know internet use was still in its infancy. We didn't have things available on cell online. phone or, or online, so uh, having in-person classes was critical. So that funding helped uh, get that available in the rural areas of the district. Uh, we had a matching gifts program where uh, members that support housing initiatives in their community could provide us evidence of their gift that they made, and we matched it uh, and provided, uh, you know, could double their money. Uh, and, and uh, boost uh, their benefit that they can provide their community. Uh, there have been a number of partnerships and things uh, uh, that we've done, you know, not kind of an ad hoc basis. but Yeah, we have the 500 for good right now, right? Do you want to talk about yes. that? Yes, we do that. And sometimes that becomes a match program. We've done another episode about our 500 for good program. When, when you are talking about all of these other voluntary programs we've done in the past, that kind of leads me to this question of why this program and why now? Uh, this Native American Housing Initiatives Grants Program, it's not, we've just never, it doesn't seem like we've really kind of honed in and focused on the Native American aspect of our district. And so I'd love for you guys to tell me why that is important and why now? Yeah, so... Some of the uniqueness, one of the great parts about the Federal Home Loan Bank system is that we are really designed to meet the regional nature of our structure, right? And so we have our four state district, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Nebraska. And so we are able to address the individual needs of the communities in our district because of that regional nature. Um, and one of the things that we've been conversing with with our Affordable Housing Advisory Council, which is a, a group of individuals in the housing space from each of our states. And also with our board, we've really talked about what are the needs in the communities that, that we serve. And one of the items that kept coming up was trying to address the needs of the housing or of the Native American housing issues that we see. Um, housing in general, is a is a really big problem. Right. Um, and so figuring out, we knew one that because of the housing issues that are going on, that we needed to do more up beyond our 10% regulatory requirement. And so that's where we're stepping into it. Um, and then it was really just channel, channeling and focusing on what should that be, right? And, and the needs are vast. So it's not like it's we're picking and choosing one right. over another. It's It's really trying to figure out how can we best serve and how can we make the greatest impact? And so um, Mark has some stats because he's our stat guy and so brilliant with all, with all of that on, um, you know, we do have a, a greater population of Native folks in our district and the needs there are, are really um, necessary. Yeah. Kylie, 3% of our population, <clears throat> excuse me, our population in our district uh, identified in the census as Native American folks. And that's higher than the percentage of any of our sister federal home loan banks. Uh, we have uh, a number of the nation's largest tribal communities, including the Cherokee, which is the nation's largest uh, here in, in our district. And, and um, it just is appropriate to address their needs. And how many tribes do we have in our district? I believe I should have added them up. 
I think in Oklahoma, it's something like 38 or 43. I mean, it's it's a lot, right? Yeah. So there are some districts in uh, the federal home loaning system that don't have any federally oh, recognized yeah. tribes. That doesn't mean they don't have any Native people in their communities, right? right? Because they're part of every community. Right. But as far as a federally recognized tribe, we have we have a lot, yeah, comparatively to to other districts. Yeah, it's it, it's around fifty uh, in, across our four states, and the and there are native communities uh, in all four states that we serve: Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Yeah, and so some of the discussion ha- has generated around, um, you know, the federal home loan banks, FHL banks, that one hundred initiative, yes. right? Where. 90 years old, what do we want to look like when we're 100? <laughs> right. Um, and just, you know, continuing to strive to to meet that mission and figure out how we can um, help with the with the issues that we're seeing. And so that is certainly where the voluntary program came from. It's where we decided to funnel some of our additional funds into um, the voluntary. We've made a commitment, and hopefully our members who are listening have read the announcement, but we've made the commitment this year um, for the Native American Housing Initiatives Grants Program, which is a mouth, mouthful. And so we can figure out an acronym for that. Um, but <laughs> we've been calling it NAHI in <laughs> the comms department. But I, I feel like maybe that needs to be a contest right. to come up with a yes, let's do that. less tongue twister name for it. <laughs> so we um, have made the commitment for at least a million for 2023. Yeah. And then we've made a commitment for 2024 where I talked about the 10 percent regulatory contribution. We will have in addition to that at least two and a half percent or two and a half percent. Right. For 2024 and then 2025 and beyond, um, we are committing to five percent voluntary funds. So a, a good portion of our income will go towards these programs and us being able to um, provide additional assistance beyond what we're able to do today. T- today, what we do is all is also amazing, right? right? I don't want to lose sight of that. What we do today is amazing, but what else can we do? Can and should we do more? And the answer is yes. And so we're figuring out now with those funds that we have available how t- how we should best serve our members and the communities that they serve. It goes without saying. There's been a lot of research and uh, a lot of people behind getting this voluntary program off the ground. Do you have any um, interesting facts or anything that stood out to you guys whenever you were kind of developing this program that stood out to you guys specifically whenever you were designing it? Yeah, we uh, thank you for that. Um, you know, we looked at what percentage of Native households had some kind of uh housing issue and uh, 34% nation and this is nationwide uh, not broken down by our district but nationwide 34% of native households had one or more physical issue uh, with their housing and that compared to 7% for our nation as a whole wow so it's more more concentrated uh, in native households that they would have uh, plumbing issues kitchen or electrical heating issues structural deficiencies or overcrowding uh, having more than one person per room, you know, multi-generation right. families. Yes. In in um, a two roo- two bedroom or three bedroom house, and in addition to those, twenty three percent of native households nationwide have sufficient housing, but they're cost burdened, spending more than thirty percent of their income on their monthly housing cost. 
So uh, a significant number of the, of the native uh, households have a an issue that needs to be addressed. Lots more stressors as homeowners than maybe the ordinary homeowner in the United States, it sounds like. I was just really amazed whenever I was looking at this, like what what's going to fall under this umbrella? Like you guys have really opened it up to a lot of different possibilities for people getting these grants. So what are some possibilities? I mean, it's because it's not just specifically, oh, I need a repair done. Right. So I'm going to apply for down payment assistance. Right. Right. So really the design and the hope um, behind the program was to make it as wide as wide as we could. Um, We really tried to design it in a way we know that um, the communities are in need. We also know that traditionally their needs were sometimes not being met because of all the additional red tape that was tied to programs that that could benefit. Right. Um, And so we've really tried to design the program to be low barrier, um, to have a lot of options and to really hopefully hone in on on what the needs are and addressing those without jumping through a lot of hoops, right? right? And so there's a wide variety of options of how you could use the funds. We do have to limit the recipients to federally recognized tribes and tribally designated housing entities. Okay. Those would be the eligible recipients. And they would partner with our member Uh um, to provide us with an application that would walk us through if they were granted the funds, what would they do with them? What do they currently do? How do they support housing in their communities now? What are the needs of their communities? And what what would the impact be of receiving these funds? And Mark, you probably have a list of uses. A whole bunch of examples. Uh, you know, down payment assistance, uh, and we might mention uh, as voluntary funds, uh, these are not restricted to 80% of income or some other arbitrary number that, uh, for example, our, our affordable housing program, AHP, uh, would be restricted to. So whatever down payment assistance uh, a tribal entity is providing, uh, we could fund that. Repairs to owner-occupied homes uh, for tribal members, uh, rental assistance new construction or rehabilitation of existing rental housing, new owner-occupied housing, uh, market research uh, to expand existing programs, professional development for staff, uh, you know, the list goes on. I, I, Those are the ones that stood out to me, like just even you can use this for marketing assistance or to do continuing education for staff members. I mean, just whatever is needed. And what we heard in conversations with tribal housing advocates and tribal members they have programs existing for repairs to homes or down payment assistance or whatever. What's really needed is money. Right. Yeah. So we designed the program to be a funding source rather than another program and another layer of bureaucracy uh, to add to tribal housing efforts. I love that. Yeah. And some of that is being, you know, respectful of of what they've already developed, right? They don't need another layer of what we think they need. They right. know what they need. Yeah. They just need us to support their needs. That's awesome. Um, so we've gone over what can qualify for this grant. We know, did we say the amount that is available this year? One million. So at least a million. 
at least a million. Yes. Like, yeah. So we'll we'll say when we're done. Like, we're not right. We're not putting limits on it right at the moment. My question, my next question would be: Is what's the most? Because we want to make sure the funding goes to a, as many people as we can give it to. Sure. What is the most? Um, sub t- subsidy that they could get. Sure. So, um, we've designed the program to that the subsidy could be in increments, um, anywhere between a hundred thousand up to five hundred thousand. Um, we set up to five hundred thousand because if we only get two applicants, <laughs> then you know at least uh, we're hoping at least to get two, or, yeah. and we're hoping for a whole lot more. But uh, it, it is in larger chunks, right? Yes. So the funding is not. Um, you know, five thousand here and five thousand there. This is this is a lot of money um, that we are investing in in those communities, and we really through the application process will then determine based on the responses in the application of what will be the greatest impact, and that's going to be very difficult to assess, right? And so, you know, we went, we've gone and spoken with with um, some tribes recently and with the, with the folks there. And someone stood up and talked to us about how their elder, one of their elders does not have plumbing in their oh, wow. home. And, and so that is obviously a very big need. Yeah. And so trying to balance those types of just basic housing needs with also the capacity problems, right, as far as like having people to administer the programs, yes. having staff, having, um, you know, the materials that you want to do and and just continuing to hopefully provide funding to move them forward. Yes. And, and it, we're not going to solve this issue is decades long, year, hundreds of years long. Right. So we're not going to solve it overnight. We're not going to solve all the housing issues, uh, native or non-native, right, overnight. But hopefully being able to provide some funds to do our part in um, in helping advance their housing needs is, is really the goal of the program. And I think the uh, next thing is also getting the word out there, period, like making sure our members know that this is a possibility for their communities and also just the tribal entities that are doing all this great work already uh-huh. within the affordable housing sector or just advocating for their tribes. We want to make sure that they know and understand this is out there and available to yeah. them. So uh, I love that. I think that I've been excited about this and I wanted to know more. So I appreciate you guys coming and talking about it. And I just want to put the reminder out again that there is an upcoming webinar. It is May 17th uh, with Kylie, and she's going to give a lot more information about the application process. And you guys are going to open that up in June. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So applications start June 5th, the first Monday in June, um, and it will go until July 14th. Um, And then we will take a little bit of time to evaluate the applications and determine how those funds will be um, awarded, and then uh, we would like to pro- we we will be providing the funds back out to the recipients by the end of the year. It's amazing. I just want to put out there that you can find all the information you need on our website, 
under services and programs, and then you will see on that menu that there's a Native American Housing Initiatives Grants Program. Again, we're going to have a contest for that next year, I think. (laughs) And that's going to give you all of the information that we have so far. There's application information coming soon. It should be um, an electronic application, but we can also give you guys a hard copy. So the plans for that will be available So I want to thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, It's always good to see you, Kylie. Yes. Mark, so happy we got to have you on this podcast. I made it. Good job, Mark. You made it. (laughs) You're somebody now. Yes, you can tell Mark listens to the Kelsey brothers. He was very on it and ready, and you did a great job, Mark. Thank you. you. Did you say that's the only podcast you listen to, Only one. One one (laughs) last a uh, bit of trivia. Okay. We have 11 federal home loan banks. Yes. Only one has a native name, Topeka. Topeka, yeah. And are we are we the only one that's in the city we were kind of founded in? That's another bit of no. trivia. I might have to look that no, up. No, because uh, Des Moines would have been President uh, uh, Coolidge's hometown. Oh, you just pulled that out, and right? And Topeka, it was Vice President uh, Curtis's hometown. Charles Curtis, yeah. So those two are, are set. There we go. Maybe we just need to have a podcast of just FHL bank trivia. Which Mark would absolutely Mark, be the Mark best. Could, oh my gosh. Mark, I'm going to have you on that podcast too. That almost sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, thanks again, you two, for joining me today. And thank you to our members and any of our listeners who are here with us today. We appreciate your time and your patronage. And we will see you next time for another Bank Statements podcast. Mm -hmm.